the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Verse 20. Look at verse 20. It says, And we what know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The third thing we must know, we must know that the Son of God has already come. We must know that the Son of God has already come. Listen, beloved, no one can be saved unless he believes that God has sent his Son into the world in the fullness of time, born of a virgin in Bethlehem of Judea, being fully God and fully man. Now, you got to know that. You got to know that because if you don't believe he has come, then, then, what, then you don't believe that he died on the cross, that he was buried, he was rose. You don't believe none of that, and you're lost. You got to believe he's already come. You got to believe that, that he was born of a virgin, that he was fully God and fully man. Look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. It says, are y'all hanging with me? Oh, God, help me preach this word today. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. In other words, God in human flesh came to save the people's from their sins and to destroy the works of the devil through his death, burial, and resurrection, triumphing over sin, death, and the grave, and Satan to redeem all who would place their faith in him alone for salvation. In Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. You got to believe that Jesus has come. You got to believe that. Then, then look back at verse 20 of, of 1 John chapter 5. Turn back to 1 John 5 and look at verse 20. Uh, it says also in this verse, verse 20, it also says this, has given us an understanding that we may know him who is what? True. 
Now listen, when we repent and cry out for the mercy of God to save us, it is at that point that the Lord illuminates our minds and give us spiritual understanding. Before you come to Christ, your mind is darkened. You're, you're insensitive to the things of God. Your eyes are blind and you, you are lost as you can be. But when we repent, turn from our sins, cry out for the mercy of God to save us by his shed blood, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection, it is at that time that the Lord illuminates our minds, open our eyes, and give us a spiritual understanding that psychology cannot give. The Lord gives us a spiritual understanding that sociology cannot give. He gives us a spiritual understanding that philosophy cannot give, that education cannot give, that even medicine cannot give. Psychology can't save you. Now, if you're a major psychologist, I just want to let you know, you can go major in it, but ain't nobody going to get saved by it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're a sociologist. We need folk that know that. But listen, folk are not going to get saved by sociology. You can philosophize all you want. But if you ain't talking about Jesus and his power and his blood, philosophy can't save you. Won't y'all say amen? You can take all the medicine you want, but medicine in and of itself can't. Some folk make a God of medicine, out of medicine. But medicine can't save you. The doctor can't save you. He may save your life. Physically, but he can't save your soul spiritually. Amen. Won't you say amen? I know I'm telling the truth. And, and you know what? They can't even comprehend what's going on. Beloved, it is impossible to have a spiritual understanding until you first have a spiritual awakening. You cannot have a spiritual understanding until you have a what? You cannot have a spiritual understanding until you first have a what? Say, say it again. Say spiritual awakening. Say it again. And there are people sitting here today need a spiritual awakening. You dressed up, look good, smell good. Folk thank you it. But listen, if you don't have a spiritual awakening, you are just as dead as you can be. You could be a VIP in the world and a dropout for Christ. It is impossible to have a spiritual understanding until you first have a spiritual awakening, which gives you spiritual understanding. People, I don't understand God. I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand it. Well, I know why you don't understand. Your eyes are blind. You need a spiritual awakening. You need to be born again. Only after you've been born again can you see. I once was blind, but now I it is only a spiritual awakening that gives us a spiritual understanding. No one or nothing can deliver like Jesus Christ. He is God all by himself. Look at verse 21. Last verse. It says, little children. See this old age spiritual father talking, been through a lot, seen a lot. And he talks to the children of God. And he calls them little children. Here's the final closing verse. Keep yourselves from idols. Amen. You know what? Some of y'all say amen. Don't you know what amen means? Let me tell you what amen means. So when you say amen, you know what you're amening about. <laughs> amen. Say amen. amen. Ain't nothing like an amen. Say it again. Amen. amen. You know what amen If Amen means so let it be. All the things that were written in this book, 
through the Spirit, through John. Amen. So let it be. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. The fourth thing we must know is that we must know the subtlety of idol worship. We must know the what? Subtlety of idol worship. Isn't it strange that he closes this great book of God with an admonition to keep ourselves from idol worship? You see, what is an idol? An idol is anything that substitutes for God. (laughs) An idol is anything that what? Substitute for God. An idol is also anything that takes first place in our lives or anything that we put before God. I'll repeat it again. I know you're writing. An idol is anything that we substitute for God. An idol is also anything that takes first place in our lives over God or anything that a person puts before God. Whatever controls our lives is our God. Whatever controls our what? Lives is our God. An idol is anything that substitutes for God. What can that be? Let me just close with listing a few of these idols. It can be a house that you pet on so much that you can't even come worship God in. And nobody else coming in your house. Well, matter of fact, your house, you're my house for me. You're right. When the saints came to your house, not quite getting here now. Who you invited in for a cup of tea or coffee and talked about Jesus from the church? What prayer meeting have you had in your house? What fellowship have you had in your house? Can't anybody even get through your gate? Your house. Don't nobody know where you live, where you are, but your family, and those with whom you associate. Us folks shut the door no more. Are y'all still out there? Amen? Amen. So let it be. I want to make sure y'all still out there. <laughs> Idol, idol, idol. Land, idol. My land. It ain't your land. If it's yours, just die. <laughs> your heirs going to get it and fight over it. Just don't pay the taxes. <laughs> it's gone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your car, car, nice car. Who you blessing with the car? Who you carpool in the church that's struggling to get here? And reading you don't know anybody because you make a beeline out of here and can't even shake five hands. What you rushing home to go do? You're so busy, somebody's hurting right next to you. Amen. Shoot. You don't even know if the person next to you need a ride home. They may have caught the bus. You don't know how they got here. Job. Some of y'all job crazy. The Lord give you the job. You asked for the Lord to give you a job. He gave you the job. And now you so much own the job, you can't give God your time back. 
Don't mention your tithe off the job that he gave you that you won't give him. And that's why sometimes God has to demote you so you can trust him all over again. Or even more, lay you off. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Idols, children, lives wrapped around your children. Now, I know you got to love your children. We're supposed to love our children and do for our children. Do you realize you can be more wrapped around your children than your God? And you can be so wrapped up in your kids and all these activities that your child don't even find his way to the Lord's house. Your child can't go on a retreat, can't come to youth ministry, can't do nothing. Can't even, well, they got to go to this, 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 that. Who said that? Who said that? You busy your way from the house of God and you're teaching your children a dangerous principle. You're teaching them that activities come before God. And I don't know if being in 15 extracurricular activities is the wisest thing. Matter of fact, I know it's not. Now, I know they ought to be involved and you ought to support them. I'm not saying don't support your child. Don't you go out here saying that. Don't you accuse me. Don't you let Satan get in you and you accuse me. I'm just saying you can be so wrapped up in your child. And you don't know that child is a gift from God. And you better love God because thank God that gave you that child can take your child. Amen. And then some of you make a God out yourself. You important. It's all about you. What you want, when you want, how you want it. You live for yourself, groom yourself, pleasure yourself, take yourself out, enjoy yourself. Amen. Drunk on yourself. God is God of sports. Uh-oh. It's sports time again. It's put eight o'clock service gonna really pick up. Crowd gets real big at eight. Get out in time for the game. Thank God for early morning service at Maranatha. Because we just had 11 o'clock service. I don't know what I would do. Sports. You know more about the stats and superstars than you do the books of the Bible. Can't quote 10 verses from memory. Yet you know the yardage and how many touchdowns, how many passes caught, and whose numbers on whose jersey. Oh, forget jersey. What does a what can a number do for you? God of money. Every trying to make every dime you can get, keep every dime you got, and just as broke as you can be. Money. More, more. Let me ask you, how much is enough? And every time you make another dollar, you ain't satisfied because only Jesus satisfied. Comfort, trying to get, trying to make yourself comfortable. Television, every room, always on. Matter of fact, you don't have to cut it off. It can cut itself off. You go to sleep by the television and can't even rest on the eternal word of God and wonder why you're in bad shape. I'm going to tell you something. I know some of y'all are going to choke. This is a big, but there need to be a 75% reduction of television viewing in your house. Look how quiet it is. You say, Said it. yeah. 75, that's a whole lot. Yeah. So you can be more productive for God. You, you can't think. Television doesn't thinking for you. Your mind is just out of order, stuck. 
at that one-eyed monster. And when you look around, you old and ain't accomplished nothing. Are y'all still there? Amen. Then you have it loud. Ain't even looking at it. Just going on. Surround sounds. Everything. You ought to make it a practice not even having to turn the TV on. When you can just walk in your house and just leave it off. You know, I'm going to go home today, no television. I'm going to enjoy God. I'm going to listen to some Christian music. Uh, I'm going to just, uh, no music at all. I'm just going to enjoy solitude and time with God. Food. God out of food. That's why it's got so many, I've never seen so many buffets. <laughs> and Satan knows that those buffets causes us to go out of order. You know, and it's dangerous when you, you, you can just take your plate back and in time you finish that, they put another plate there and it promotes gluttony. Won't you say amen? And you keep on, because you get a new plate, you, that's your sign, you got to go back. You fool and can't stop. Can't even draw your stomach in. Now, now, now what don't we say Amen. Eat yourself to death and then one and then get depressed over the doctor's report. <laughs> Power. Oh, the church and the world and conventions, things are being broken up over power struggles. Pleasure. Positions. Can't let them go when you get them. As if that position stops with you. It came to you, it ought to be able to leave you. I wonder about folk who been, I don't think it's a healthy thing to keep somebody in the same position 20 years. Ain't nobody that creative. As if you're the only one can think. You Holy Ghost headquarters. It ought to go around because power corrupts. Power. I tell you something else to get addicted to your schedule. You get so wrapped up in your schedule. Well, I got this. Thing. You schedule God clean out. When you look at your schedule closely, how much of God is in the twenty-four hour day that He gave you? He gave you twenty-four hours a day, and you can't even give Him fifteen, twenty minutes an hour. You, some of y'all can't even give Him Sunday. Thank God that you're here today, but a lot of folk ain't here because today, you know, the sleep gets real good on Sunday. Can't sleep all week, but you can sure do it on Sunday. And some of y'all get your best sleep in church. If you go to, you ought to go to bed early so you can listen to every word. You ought not come to church and then nod. Don't you know Satan knows how to put the spirit of, spirit of sleep on you? Your eyelids get so heavy when you get too comfortable. Maybe we need to take these comfortable pews out here and put some wooden benches with no backs. We need to disturb your comfort zone. You too comfortable. That's why you sleepy. Them, them seats are too deep. We may have done you a disservice. Don't y'all say amen. Oh, when I go to Uganda, when I go to Rwanda, I remember last year when we went, and we went way down in the bushes, and they had this this thatch roof, them folk had waited outside all day for that bus. We were on that bus to come. 
They had this thatched roof. The church had mud walls. What no windows? The windows, uh, what no windows in it was just window openings. And the floor was mud. It was a mud, dirt floor. And the seats were just wooden benches with no backs, no air conditioning. And the people were crammed in there. When I got ready to preach, folk, little children, folk were sitting all the way up to my feet. I couldn't go this way, this way, or that way. All out the door and through those windows, they were jammed in the windows trying to look in to get some of that worship. And you talking about a joyful noise unto the Lord. They didn't have much, but they had God. They didn't get so comfortable but they, that they forgot how to shout. And you got so dressed up and so ditty and cocking, you smell so good, you can't shout no more. Oh, they praise God. Almost shook that mud shack a pieces. Shook it apart. Praising and exalting the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You got all this stuff in that nice car, and the nice clothes, and a nice church, nice life. Wasn't no lights in there either. Nice air condition, nice floor, nice seats with cushioned backs, and you. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't sleep, I was praying. Stop lying. I'm trying to tell you something, folk. Yo, all the way. I don't know how I got away that to the schedule, but I was with the schedule. <laughs> Your schedule will mess you up. You need to, this week, you need to schedule God in before you schedule anything else in. And if your schedule is that right up, you need to deschedule yourself to make room for God. Start with him and he will adjust your schedule accordingly to the glory of God. No wonder you're so stressed out. You don't have God in your schedule. No wonder you're at the breaking point and got migraines and can barely move and can barely function and all, you, all, you're on the edge. You look at your crazy wide up schedule. You made a God out of it. And it's got control of you instead of you being in control of your schedule. Amen. We must know the subtlety of idol worship. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10 it says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Beloved, it is only befitting that God concludes his epistle, admonishing believers of the danger of idolatry. Not only is it a violation of the commandments, it is also a subtle strategy that Satan uses to take control of God's children. God wants your allegiance. Jesus paid it all. And all to him, what? We owe. We owe. We owe God. We'll close with this verse and we'll finish. Everybody in the house with a Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. 
1 through 6. Not only is idolatry a violation of the commandments, it is also a subtle strategy that Satan uses to take control of God's children. Idolatry is a subtle strategy that Satan uses to take control of God's children. You need to write that thought down before we read it. Idolatry is a subtle strategy that Satan uses to take control of God's children. Idolatry is a subtle strategy that Satan uses to take control of God's children. And you know, it's so subtle. God Almighty, thank you. Idolatry is so subtle until you can be worshiping idolatry and not even aware of it. You can be had and not know you've been had. It can be in control of you and you don't even know it's got you. It's subtle. But when it has you, it has you. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Uh, that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Little children, Keep yourselves from idolatry. And all God's children said, and this concludes the book of 1 John. May we pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we worship you. You are so good and so wonderful. Lord, we bless your name. God, we repent of the sin of idolatry. God, help us not to habitually practice sin. Oh God, help us to know the things we've just mentioned and guard ourselves. Humble ourselves before you and repent. Break the spirit of pride as if to say nothing is wrong with us. Help us to make a fresh start with you. God, thank you for the book of 1 John. You have blessed us with your word. Thank you that I, you have blessed me and enabled me to preach every verse of every chapter from its beginning to its end, all five chapters. Thank you for this glorious book that you put in the canon of scripture. And all God's children said, Amen. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org 
where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.